Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Church Public. I am so glad that you joined us today. I hope you are doing well. Today, we want to talk about the difference between safety and courage. What is this world telling you to do, and what is God? What is Jesus Christ telling you to do? So sit back, get ready. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Church Public. I am so glad that you have decided to join us today. We continue to figure out the lines between church and culture, faith and this world, and how we can interact with it, what we can do about it, what is your role in this world, and how are you really supposed to live. So today we are talking about courage, and we're talking about fear. What are different aspects of those? Who is telling you to do what? And how are we responding? In the Bible, over and over and over again, God says, do not fear. He says, take courage. Joshua is a great example of this. You can go and read the book of Joshua. He had a lot of obstacles that he needed to face. He had a lot of things that he was trying to work through, that God was trying to work through him. And over and over and over again. In fact, three times God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. He he says, take courage in other ways through the book as well. And through all of those times, in fact, two times specifically, God says he will be with Joshua. Those are important things. Who is with you when you're going on this journey? And if God is with you, you can take courage. You can take heart. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Um, But courage is this thing that we seem to be lacking lately. We're having trouble getting courage. We're having trouble being in courage. We're having trouble taking heart. Courage is just taking heart. Um, and I've tried not I've tried not to enter into this coronavirus thing, largely because I am not a medical expert. That's pretty obvious. I did not go to medical school. I have degrees in classical humanities and theology, respectively. And so technically, I guess I am an expert in things pertaining to the study of God and the study of humanity. One thing I can say that I have learned is that human nature is pretty clear. Throughout the Bible, you see the nature of humanity. One of the very first things humans did in the garden was to rebel, to go against God. And basically, every story from Genesis through Revelation studies discusses the rebellion of humanity, the rebellion of people, and what God is doing about it. And in fact, this is the story of the gospel. This is the great good news of the gospel, the story of reconciling humanity and their rebellion with God through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, to this coronavirus thing, this is no longer a scientific issue. This is a spiritual issue, and that's why I believe we need to talk about it here. We have left science at the door. We are arguing human nature. We're arguing whether the government can tell you how or when to worship, like Governor Cuomo, who again now has waged war in this Jewish community, he has said he's going to shut down their worship. He said if they don't agree to all of the rules that he is giving them, he will just shut them down. Now, regardless of First Amendment, Second Amendment, the Constitution, and whether or not he has the authority to be able to do this, spiritually, he he does not have the authority to do this. He cannot shut down the worship of someone else. And we have seen this again and again in Jewish history throughout the Old Testament, in Christian history throughout the New Testament, and uh, other histories, uh, Roman, Spanish, uh, you could go on and on, and, and, and different governments trying to shut down the worship of God. 
And uh, in, in California right now as well, Governor Newsom is waging war with several congregations across the state, like, uh, like Grace Church and, and many others. And this is happening all across America right now. This is not a scientific issue. This is a spiritual issue. This virus, the response has gone beyond science. It's gone into the political and into the religious world. And I think we need to talk about it. No one at the beginning of this knew what the virus was like early this year. You can see that. You see different leaders, scientists, experts, all kinds of people flip-flopping all over the place on what is the best course of action. We all saw this. We all heard this. We all felt the uncertainty of this, got some whiplash from it. Some of us are exhausted by this. So I want to talk for a moment about masks, not in the context of science or medicine, because again, I am neither a scientist nor a doctor. But I would say, on a side note, that I do love science. I have read innumerable scientific articles that would make most people fall asleep, and I like reading those. But again, I don't want to talk about this from a scientific perspective. I want to talk about this in light of human nature. First, I'll say there is a misconception. What I hear in the always wear a mask all the time people pushing it back against those that don't want to wear it all the time is that they think we oppose the mask because we cannot get this virus and we're somehow immune to it. And it's actually the opposite. We oppose the mask because we think everyone is going to get this virus. The WHO has just come out and said up to 10% more of the world population may have already had the virus, millions and millions of people more than we previously knew about. And that should make us be less afraid because it means the virus is even less deadly. But somehow that just gives us more fear. In a similar way, people seem to think that lockdowns, uh, that there's opposition to lockdowns because we believe we can never get this virus. But again, there's opposition to lockdowns precisely because we believe most people are going to get the virus. In fact, many scientists, including Fauci himself, said the only way to get rid of the virus is to get to this herd immunity. Herd immunity only works if enough asymptomatic or low symptomatic people get the virus and then move on with their lives to protect those at the most risk. Lockdowns are in direct opposition to this ideal. And this vaccine, this blessed vaccine, again, according to Dr. Fauci himself, is only going to be 70% effective. This is what he said, again, and he himself stated that perhaps only about, uh, at max, 70% of people will take it. So uh, there, there's an interview, you can go watch it, when, when he was questioned about whether this will get us to herd immunity, because again, that's only 70% effective and only 70% of people, so you do the math on that. He said, will this get us to herd immunity? And he said, that is unlikely. Quote, he said, unlikely. Those of us against masks and lockdowns know there is no policy or government that can stop a virus. There never has been, there never will be. Policy cannot correct human nature. I know and I see that this is the goal of many politicians. They want to correct all of your bad human nature, but unfortunately they are incorrect in this. Human nature is what it is. Those that are believers know that human nature, human nature has been the same since the Garden of Eden, and it will not actually change until we all see God face to face. Those that are believers know that's why we need God in our life. That's why we need Jesus. And in small increments, we can get better in our nature because of the presence of God in our lives. But this is something that policy that government cannot, and I would even say should not change. More on that in a moment. Specifically on masks, though, Dr. Daniel Griffin, 
MD, PhD, doctor, scientist, etc. He is at Columbia and he said masks usually fail in the studies they have done. But it's not the masks that are failing. It is that people wear them wrong. And we all know this and we see this every day. People are wearing them wrong or they have the wrong type of mask or they keep adjusting the mask constantly, which is worse than not wearing a mask because then you're touching your face all the time and apparently that's the worst thing you can do. And people are mostly not washing their masks and they're touching the masks and their faces. And again, they're wearing them wrong and it's the wrong material. And this is not science. This is human nature. Humans are going to do things wrong because humans do things wrong. It's, that's just human nature. And you cannot, and again, say should not enforce policies that force people to do things like wear a mask correctly. We hear over and over politicians talk about this utopia where all things work perfectly, masks and lockdowns and justice. We've talked about that in previous episodes. The unfortunate thing is utopia does not exist. Utopia literally means nowhere, Greek, utopos, no place, nowhere. Utopia means nowhere because it is nowhere. There is nowhere that is perfect here on this earth. And again, as believers in God, we know this. We know that after the garden, there was never and there never will be any place on earth that is perfect until we get, and that's why we desire so much to be with God in heaven. A policy for humans that requires them to behave 100% perfectly all of the time is inherently flawed. It cannot succeed because if masks only work in this utopian world, then they don't work. If there is a place for masks, there is. And the place for masks is those that are infirm, those that are at high risk, those that need to be moved away from general population. Yes, we can use masks in those situations, but for those that are not at risk and we've seen the numbers, go check the CDC, go check the WHO, go check the Worldometer, and you can see the numbers of people, especially under 65, that we're in the 99%, 99 point something, you know, there's argument there, but 99 point something percent survival rate uh, after infection. That So... The masks are not doing what they are intended to do. And moreover, they're not only not necessary in some instances, they're counterproductive from a sociological, from a spiritual perspective, again, from, from a human perspective. They've been used, masks, throughout history to hide from something. We all know this. Ironically, in this culture where people have been calling for authenticity for decades, a mask hides your facial expression, your intention, your emotion, and it literally masks your authenticity. It has made us more depressed, more skeptical, more fearful. And that's what we need to argue against, being fearful. Fear is our enemy. Fear is a tool of the devil. Safety is not our friend. We've been told to stay inside and be safe and keep everyone safe, but none of us are safe. We are not safe outside. We are not safe inside. We are all going to die. 100% of us are going to die, period. What we've been doing is not scientific. It's political. We've been going along with the loudest voices. Other voices with science are starting to speak. You don't even have to be a scientist to know this. Just use your common sense. If the virus was as bad as we have been told, you would see dead bodies on every corner of every block. That is what the Black Plague was like. That is what other pandemics have been like throughout history. Is it dangerous for some people? Yes, of course it is. Is it dangerous for most people? It appears that the answer is no. 
So wear the masks where it's appropriate, where you need to protect a vulnerable population. And again, look at CDC numbers, look at Sweden's numbers, look at Florida, Georgia, South Dakota. There there is no study that shows that masks or lockdowns have actually been effective in stopping this. And when this all began, there was no one who even proposed stopping the virus. They all, all the experts, all the scientists knew it was not possible. Remember, the goal in March, according to everyone, was 15 days to slow the spread and not overrun the hospitals. The hospitals never got overrun. There was a huge medical ship in New York that didn't get used. They sent it home. There was a huge medical ship in California that didn't get used. They sent it home. There was a huge outdoor hospital that they built in Texas for millions and millions of dollars that never got used. Hospital intake is actually generally down in America and people are scared to go to the hospital, which is a whole nother problem because now all of these other illnesses and things that people would normally go to get treated for, they're getting more and more sick for because again, fear, they're scared. We cannot live in this fear. And according to the curve, the number under the curve never changed. It just moved out so we would not overrun the hospitals and get and build the palliative care to those that needed it, which we did and which we have been able to advance in, which has become clear as the death rates continue to drop both in America and across the world. Contrary to what some politicians think and act, there are limits to politics, politics, policy. It cannot stop this virus. It cannot stop the flu. It cannot stop the common cold and on and on. And here's the real point. Safety is not the goal. Safety cannot be the goal. You cannot be free and safe. It is not possible. You are either free or perfectly safe. To be perfectly safe, you have to be quarantined forced to be alone forever and ever and then at some point you will still die but we have built our civilization on freedom it's good to have freedom humans were meant to have freedom and it's necessary to have freedom to have courage in fact we all used to know this thousands and thousands of people fought in world war one world war two for freedom my grandfather fought in world war two Thankfully, he came home. Many did not, but we won the war and we won freedom, not just for America, but for huge portions of the world. Imagine for a moment if Germany had won or later Russia, what would this world be like? People did not go to fight in the war for their safety. They knew going there, they may not make it back. And many did not make it back, but they went for the freedom, not just for themselves, but for their families, for their friends, for their country. There is a war in this country right now, and it is for freedom. One side wants you to be constantly afraid, living in that fear so that they can provide you everything you need. On the other side, there are those that choose courage, like generations before. They choose to live life even knowing that death may come at any moment and will eventually come. President Trump just said, after contracting and overcoming this China virus, Don't be afraid. And the media and others went absolutely crazy that he was being totally reckless with his words. But courage is a virtue. Not being afraid is a value. Courage is strength. We must choose courage. Again, not to be dumb, to use common sense. Use courage. We all used to know this. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, in 1933, being sworn in to be the president of the United States, facing enormous challenges, said, and you may have heard, quote, the only thing to fear is fear itself, end quote. 
today, the media and others probably would rather him say, this depression, the Great Depression, is the worst thing ever. You will all probably die. So lock yourselves in your home or your shack or whatever you have and just wait until you die. That is the ethos. That is the fear-based world that they are constructing. But it is not good for us. Personally, if I knew that I would lose, say, you know, five years off the end of my life by getting this disease or any disease, and my choice was to live indoors, not see or touch or hug any human again, I would choose to get the disease or I would choose to live because it's better to live than to be safe forever. It's better to be free than to be safe forever. Jesus even was a model of this. He did not choose a safe life. Instead, he went out. He spent time with liars and murderers and the sick, like literally people who had leprosy. And if you touched them, you could get sick and die. Does that sound familiar? The broken and the wounded, and the persecuted, and he, Jesus, was persecuted for this. And in fact, Jesus died for the unsafe life that he lived. He lived a life that was courageous and bold, and he preached the truth and the word and the presence of God, and he was killed for it. And we are free for what he did. Through Christ, we are made free. We are not meant to be alone. We are not meant to live in fear. God says over and over and over in the Bible, do not fear. Just like we heard in Joshua, and he told Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. We have to be courageous. We have to take heart. Again, don't make bad choices. Be smart about it. If you're sick, stay home. But again, we've all known this forever. If you're sick and you're going to infect somebody else, don't go outside. Don't sneeze on people. Like, do the right things. Of course, use common sense. We all should know this. We all have lived all of our lives doing this. But we have to have courage. We have to take heart. Courage means literally take heart. Christ, Jesus tells us, we will have troubles just like he had troubles. But what does he say? Take heart, have courage. He says, I have overcome this world. That's in John 16, 33, if you're looking for it. Jesus says to the believer in Matthew 28, go out and make disciples and hear this. I am with you to the end of the age. Again, what matters the most is who we are with. If God is with you, what can this world do to you? And if this world is a scary place, I get that. And this media, these politicians, these experts are not helping us alleviate our fears. In fact, I would say, as we've talked about, they are piling on top of us all of these extra fears. But you don't have to live a world where you're afraid. You should use your common sense. You should try to be good to others. You should try to take care of others in whatever way you can. Um, but also, we, we don't have to live in a state of fear. We shouldn't live in a state of fear. We should live and fight for freedom in the way that our generations before have lived and fought for freedom. I know that there is a generation of people, there is a group of people who just want the safest life possible, but a safe life is not a good life. It's not a full life. Jesus wants you to have a full and abundant life. How are we going to live in light of this fact that Yes, we are all going to die. A country singer a few years ago wrote this song, What Would You Do Differently If You Would Live Like You Were Dying? It really changes your perspective to know that this life is not the end, to know that you will spend an eternity with God if you choose to follow God, 
And then in this life, you can live your life to the fullest. You can live taking every moment. There used to be this phrase in Latin, carpe diem, seize the day, that what are you going to do today to live the best that you can, not to cower in a corner hiding? And, and if you're in that space, I'm so sorry for you, and I hope that you can be encouraged. I hope that you can know that, yes, we are all going to die, but we also have the choice to live. And you can take heart in God because he cares for you. He is looking out for you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to have a relationship every day with you. And that is such great news that I hope you can hear that and I hope you can grow into that and I hope you cannot be afraid by the things that the experts, the politicians, the scientists are trying to scare you with, but you can live using common sense, using the appropriate measures, but just living life in the way that we were designed to live in the freedom that we have in Christ. So don't be afraid, take heart, have courage and live your life. Follow Christ, and he will be with you always. So God bless and keep the faith. As always, thanks for tuning into Church Public. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Go ahead and subscribe, like, turn on the notifications. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Church Public, and I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you and keep the faith.